Last night, I was on a Zoom call with a group of my friends from college. In a few weeks, we were to be gathering on campus for our 30th reunion, but alas, it was canceled, of course. And so we connected across the miles, like many of you have been doing, over Zoom. I had friends from Boston, from Albany, New York, Durham, North Carolina, all the way to Oakland, California. And we spent the first hour of our conversation talking about how bad things had become. Our friend in Albany was talking about how people are being moved up from Queens and from other parts of New York City into hospitals in Albany. Two of our friends are basically out of work because their jobs have been shut down. Our friend out in Oakland, California is a physician and is seeing all sorts of things in his day-to-day work. And I thought about starting this sermon just talking about how bad things are right now. But you know how bad things are. From our economy shutting down and all those folks who have lost jobs and what that means for the most vulnerable people in our society, for those who started off before the pandemic with no safety net, what that means for them, to the health workers and those working in the hospitals, to the sick sitting alone in intensive care units. Things are worse than I can remember in my lifetime. And I've had some conversations this week with some of you in the congregation and with other friends asking the question, where is God in this moment? Is God with us? What is God up to? Is God causing all of this, trying to teach us something? Or is God just asleep to our suffering? It feels sometimes that God is silent, that God is is far removed from where we are, just looking on with detachment and waiting for us to get through it from the other side. Well, if you've been asking those questions and struggling within yourself and your own spirit with with finding the presence of God in this moment, then let's go together to the Garden of Gethsemane. This is where we find Jesus after he has shared this last meal with his disciples. I don't think his disciples know that they have just shared their last meal with Jesus. I think to them this was just another Passover, and perhaps they've had a few glasses of wine, they're feeling sleepy, and so they have a hard time staying awake in the garden with him. But Jesus knows that it was his last supper with him. Jesus knows that one of these, his best friends in the whole world, Judas Iscariot, has betrayed him. Jesus knows that there is a price on his head. When he entered into Jerusalem with the palms waving, one of the first things he did was go into the temple and turn over the tables. And he called out the hypocrisy of the religious authorities and he knew from that moment they were after him and they wanted to silence him and that it wouldn't be long. His hour had come and he knew it. And so after supper, he goes into the Garden of Gethsemane with these, his closest friends. And he takes with them three of them that 
for whatever reason, are always with him in these closest, most intimate of moments, Peter, James, and John. And he says to them, I am deeply anguished, even unto death. Will you stay with me? Stay awake with me while I pray. That's all he asks of them. He knows they can't fix it, they can't change it, but he just wants them with him. We see Jesus in this moment as his fully human self. Our Christian theology teaches us that Jesus is fully divine, fully God, and at the same time, fully human. And we see his humanity in this moment of anguish, this moment of deep grief and dread and emotion and perhaps even fear. And like any of us, he wants his friends close to him, just to sit with him as he prays. And in this moment of his full humanity, he prays to God, is there any other way? Is there some way that, that we could take a shortcut through this suffering and still accomplish what we want to accomplish? Is there any way that I could escape the inevitable, the pain, the torture, the death that lies ahead of me? Is there any way around it? He prays as any of us would, I believe. And in his prayers, he realizes that there is no other way. Somehow, somehow we think that in this moment, God is separate from Jesus, that, that God the Father is aloof from Jesus and looking sternly at Jesus and saying, no, you have to go through with it. As if God wasn't deeply involved in this moment as well, as if God were not also fully present in Jesus himself. And so we see in this moment, not a God who is detached from our suffering, not a God who is sitting back and watching us and just waiting for us to get through it, but a God who is deeply anguished and grieved that the road of love that he has taken, the way of truth that he has walked, because of how he has lived his life from the very beginning, including the tax collectors and the women and the Samaritans and the unsavory and stirring up trouble in Galilee, coming to Jerusalem and challenging the authorities in the temple, calling them to account, continuing on that path is leading to his death. And he is willing to stay on that path. And it is our God who makes that choice and so here in the garden, we see not a detached God, but a vulnerable God, a grieving God, an anguished God, a suffering God, a crucified God. This is the Christ that the Apostle Paul declares is foolishness to the world. Because we want a God who will rescue us, who will give us those shortcuts through suffering. But here we have the mystery of the Christ, who is our crucified Savior. And this is the God who saves us, 
This is the God who does not turn away from suffering, but is with us in our suffering. This is the God who is willing to go to the darkest, most forsaken places of human experience in order to be with us and redeem us. So when we ask the question, where are you, God? We find in this story the profound truth that God is with us. When Jesus comes into the garden and he says to his disciples, stay with me, stay awake, for I am in deep anguish. I read those words this week and realized that's how I've been praying to God. God, I am in anguish. We are grieving. We are suffering. Please stay awake. Don't fall asleep to our suffering. As if God would fall asleep to the suffering of the world God loves. No, God is fully present in every one of those ICU units, with every doctor and nurse who is putting their life on the line every day, with those friends working in the grocery stores who are taking those risks on our behalf, with those who are on the streets without anywhere to turn. God is within them and for them and with us and for us. So the invitation for us is to stay awake with God in that suffering. To stay awake to our own suffering. To allow ourselves to feel it and experience it and trust that God is holding it with us. To stay awake to the suffering of others and to our world and to the vulnerable ones in our community. To pray for them and stand with them in prayer in this time. And not to shy away from that suffering. And to trust as we go to bed every night that we can place it in God's hands and God will hold it for all of us and to stay awake to the suffering of Christ. As we enter into this holy week, not to desert him as his disciples did, but to walk with him to the cross, to worship on Maundy Thursday and hear the story on Good Friday of his crucifixion and stay with him at the cross. As hard as it gets to remain in that darkness and in that suffering, and only then can we come back together on Sunday morning and realize the power of our God to redeem even the deepest suffering. Let us take that journey together, my friends, this week, for our God is with us.